Start your day the right way by taking charge of your physical and mental fitness. It's important to know your numbers. They determine if your blood pressure is high or low, your cholesterol balance, even your blood sugar level, heart rate, and much more. Get tested by visiting your doctor, clinic, or stop by at any health center closest to you. Take control today. This message is from Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. This is Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. Good morning. Today we're going to be talking about very aneurysms and the fact that there's now hope for very aneurysms here in Nigeria. Thank you, Dr. Alawa, for coming. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you for having me again, Dr. Pamela. It's nice to be here. Now we're talking about um, a really revolutionizing medicine here in Nigeria with uh, your interventional radiology. And today we'll be talking about very aneurysm. So can you tell us in simple terms, you know, what is a very aneurysm? Why, why are we so concerned about it? Yeah, so very aneurysm is essentially abnormal um, swellings of vessels in the brain. So most vessels in the brain are kind of straight and then they branch into branch vessels, which get smaller. Uh, when you have a berry aneurysm at some of these branch points, you have an abnormal swelling of one of these vessels and they become prone to bleeding or prone to rupture. And when we say rupture in medicine, it basically, it basically means it's burst open and causes a lot of bleeding into the brain. And so what are the symptoms? What are the signs? Or should we start with the causes? What causes these berry aneurysms in the brain that can really go pop? So interestingly, no one really knows causes berry aneurysm, but we do know that they tend to run in some families. So if a family member has had a berry aneurysm, there's a higher likelihood that another family member would have a berry aneurysm. But we still don't know exactly what causes it. Uh, we ha- we do have some theories in medicine. Um, high, bl- high blood pressure, for example, um, is one of the causative factors that we've talked about. Uh, but we still don't really know what the etiology is. They're really random. Um, as far as the symptoms of berry aneurysms, Interestingly, most of the people with berry aneurysms don't know that there's anything wrong with them until something bad happens. And it's typically the worst headache of your life. Essentially, a person basically comes in and says, I have the worst headache I ever had in my life, or they just go unconscious. We we do a CT scan of the brain, and at that time, we discover there's been bleeding in the brain. And then we have to do further testing. Uh, Typically, we do something called a CT angiogram of the brain, which is a, a test where we inject dye into the small vessels in the brain to see the vessels in the brain. And at that time, we could find a berry aneurysm and make a diagnosis. Hmm. Now, that is, you know, that's obviously very alarming. So you could just be walking around happy as Larry and just all of a sudden have a, an excruciating headache and you could collapse and potentially die. Is that what you're saying? You know, yes, unfortunately, most of the people that do come in with berry aneurysm basically have their lives changed in a flash. You have somebody who's had a normal life as pretty much healthy, uh, may have high blood pressure, and the next day you see them in a comatose state in an ICU because they've had a major bleed in the brain. As you know, the brain or the head, uh, the intracranial vault, is a very compact space, and the brain occupies most of that space. When you have blood occupying any space within the cranial vault, that basically causes compression on the brainstem. I'm sorry, not on the brainstem, the brain itself, or causes irritation of blood vessels in the brain, and that could um, basically drive a person into a coma pretty fast. Now, in Nigeria, you know, generally speaking, 
what is the outcome? What is the, you know, or people with berry aneurysms? How has it been, how has it been so far? Is there, tr- you know, usually treatment so, available for people with it? Yes, absolutely. There is treatment in Nigeria for people with berry aneurysms, and that's typically conventional surgery, where a surgeon basically makes a small hole in the head, uh, finds goes to find uh, the berry aneurysm and puts a clip in it. Unfortunately, all over the world, the new the world is much more advanced than you know major surgery, major brain surgery when it comes to uh, berry aneurysm. We've now moved on to endovascular techniques, and moreover, there are some berry aneurysms that are not amenable to surgical techniques, meaning some of them they just cannot approach technically via surgery. So those patients are basically confined to death. Um, if they don't get uh, a treatment for it or they can't travel out. And you have to think about it. A lot of these patients are moribund or they're in a very bad state. So you can't get them out of the country to get treatment anyways. So as I said, all over the world now, the, the new treatment for endovascular, uh, for, for berry aneurysms is basically endovascular techniques, which are minimally you... invasive techniques that do not... Go ahead. No, I wanted you to explain it, which you're doing. Thank you. Yes, what are endovascular yes. so, so basically, so endovascular techniques, meaning you're not really cutting a person's head open to get into vessels in the brain or clipped vessels in the brain. You're using minimally invasive access, and it could be a minimally invasive access through the wrist or the groin with a very tiny catheter the, sign of a, the size of a pen tip. And then you find your way with a catheter and a wire all the way from that groin site all the way into the brain using x-rays. And these are typically biplane x-rays where you're looking from the top and you're looking from the side to find a way to navigate into those vessels in the brain. When you do look at the aneurysms, then you place something called coils. And these coils basically pack the sac of that aneurysm and stop blood from going in there and causes uh, the aneurysm sac to thrombose or clot off. And with that, most patients that have very aneurysms could have treatment without having major surgery. And remember, these patients are already in the poor state. When you want to treat a patient in a state, you really want to use the most minimally invasive uh, method possible. And these are things that are done routinely everywhere else in the world, especially in the Western world now. Unfortunately, we still don't have that readily available in Nigeria. But you are doing it. Can you tell us what you're doing? And, and this whole project, I know you're doing a brand new project to try and help people with bari- bari- aneurysms. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, certainly. So my field of medicine is called vascular and interventional radiology. And in vascular and interventional radiology, we have two sides. So we have body interventional radiology, and then we have neurointerventional radiology. So I'm a body interventional radiology, and I treat most things from the neck to the toes, while my colleagues in neurointervention treat things in the brain. Um, I had a passion to basically find a way to provide all, you know, interventional radiology techniques that are available in the Western world in Nigeria about four or five years ago when I started practicing here. And we've been able to accomplish that in, uh, in body interventional radiology, which is my major um, area of specialty. However, in neurointerventional radiology, which is even more specialized, we've not been able to accomplish that. Uh, we actually started that effort uh, right before COVID, where you know, we treated our first patient with a berry aneurysm in Nigeria, and we successfully treated a patient, I think, who's coming onto this program uh, this evening. However, with, uh, in order to accomplish that, I had to bring one of my colleagues from England to come assist me in getting this done for this patient. And the plan was to, you know, carry on that program to get me trained and be able to do this independently in Nigeria. But the COVID pandemic basically just stalled that uh, process. Um, We just revived that about three weeks ago where, you know, we worked up about three patients 
with a month. Unfortunately, two of them died be before any of my colleagues could get here from out of the country. But one of them survived enough for us to be able to do uh, barrier aneurysm treatment for that patient. Um, and we want to continue that effort in the next few weeks. We want to keep that momentum going. So we're looking for those colleagues to come into the country about every two months now to do a mission trip, to even treat patients who cannot afford it. And we're doing this uh, with the help of our foundation, uh, the Colorado Interventional Radiology Foundation, which is basically dedicated to treating emergent um, conditions in patients who are best treated by interventional radiology. Thank you. I think, I mean, that's really a laudable, you know, program and having this uh, foundation, I'm going to ask you for its number in a minute, because a lot of people, you know, have, uh, you know, insurance, they feel they can fly abroad for their medical treatment. But a lot of people don't realize that, you know what, there are many conditions, including this one, but there's nothing you can do. If you can't get the, the treatment here and now in Nigeria, then really you're a goner. So having this foundation, particularly, you know, to be able to provide for people who can't afford it is wonderful. Can you give us a number? So if people are listening and they're thinking, you know what, I would like to support this, um, they can perhaps call you. Can you give us a number they can reach you on? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You can reach us on 0902-741-6551, 0902-741-6551. You could also reach us at info at irdocnigeria.org. IRDOC.org. Correct. Yes. IRDOC Nigeria, the word Nigeria.org. Okay, perfect. So at least they can reach out. I think it's so important that these kind of uh, conditions are looked at and aggressively treated. So how many people do you think you'll be able to sort out with this? Because I know that so many people have died. I don't know if we have any statistics on the mortality of barrier aneurysms, even abroad. Um, Available for yeah, us. So people. I'll tell you, just just in the last month alone, I know at least four people, four patients that have died with barrier aneurysms, just in Lagos. And because I run a, a teleradiology company where we read teleradiology for a lot of hospitals across Nigeria, we're seeing so many patients with barrier aneurysms. This is one of those diseases people didn't think was in Nigeria because people mm -hmm. would just basically fall and die, right? Now that we have all these techniques to actually diagnose because a lot of technologies come into the country in the last few years, CT scans, MRIs, we could actually make the diagnosis, but we're still crippled in being able to treat these patients, right? So we're making small progress, but we still can get to where we need to be to be able to save lives. Thank you very much. You're listening to Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela. Mr. Che, thank you so much for coming on the program to share your experience with us. Can you tell us? Yes, thank you. Can you tell us, how did you find out you had a barrier aneurysm? Um, I found out after it happened to me. And like uh, Dr. Noah rightly said, um, I had come back from a vacation uh, where I thought I'd gone to rest. Uh, midnight, 4th of October, I had this very bad uh, headache at the back of my head. I ended up uh, continuously as a positive headache. I was rushed to the hospital the next day uh, and had an MRI and a CAT scan. That's when it was discovered I had an aneurysm uh, in the hospital. And this was in 2019. Wow. And did you have high blood pressure? What were the things that you think yes, were there, causing there was it? The, yeah, there was. Um, I had a, no, a hypertensive uh, and was on some medications. But of course, naturally, like most Nigerians, um, 
you, you're either not at, at a younger age, you're either not very consistent with your medication, you're not checking your blood pressure regularly, you're not uh, living the light, uh, right lifestyle uh, in terms of diet, exercising, and all of, all of those. So you could you could categorize me as one of those those set of people. And how old were you at the time? Three years ago, I was um, I was forty four years. I don't know what the statistics are. Almost like a one in a million chance for you meeting up with Dr. Nina or you you're one of the, you're very blessed to have been able to do so. So can you tell us from what you can recall what happened? And after that, if you can't recall much, then I'll ask him. Um, as much as I could recall, um, I knew himself and the team of doctors had to come together um, uh, to carry out a, a possible, what they call, non-invasive uh, surgery. And Dr. Keep me honest in the, in the terms, I don't, I don't know it quite right. Um, and at first, cardiology. I was moved in for a surgery on the 19th, um, was prepared for the surgery. And, um, I came out, just like most people, uh, the first the first thought around me was touch the back of my skull to see if there were any incisions or any cuts or any shaving. Uh, even though they had promised me it was going to be through my groin, uh, but then again, the human factor, I needed to check to be sure. There were no cuts on my head, no bruises, and apart from the slight irritation on my groin. Um, the rest is history. Three years down the line, I'm still alive here to share my story with with people to say um, there is an opportunity uh, in terms of the non-invasive surgery that Ninulu and his team of doctors provide for us. And what advice would you give to people out there? Uh, the same advice I've given myself. If, if you've been identified as being hypertensive, try to keep a good lifestyle, uh, watch your, your blood pressure regularly, take your medication, see your doctors uh, regularly also. And um, just believe God. Because I have lost a friend post my surgery. Not one, I've lost two friends post my surgery um, to the same uh, condition. Unfortunately, they were unable to assess the non-invasive uh, surgery that uh, Dr. Nigolo is speaking to and had to go through the clipping process, which most of them died post-care. Hmm. Oh, well, we thank God for you. We thank God for your life. Dr. Nigolo, thank you so much for the wonderful work you're doing in Nigeria, bringing all these revolutionary techniques and technologies here uh, for our patients. And I think this is one of the things that at the Healthcare Federation of Nigeria, we really encourage with you doctors in the diaspora coming back and bringing those techniques home. And we want to appreciate you on behalf of all Nigerians. And I'm sure on behalf of Dr. Uche, Mr. Uche here, to say thank you very much for being here. And we certainly don't want you to go anywhere. So Dr. Nina Lowe, Yes, what would you say? Would you say there's a, a an age preponderance? Would you say it's more normally people in their forties, fifties? Would you say there's a male or female preponderance? What 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 kind of things? As people are listening now, but possibly they're worried. You know, so interesting. Who's more likely to get it? Female, female preponderance to to bury aneurysms, and uh, most people present typically in their thirties or forties uh, with a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Um, but again, there's really no way to know who is going to present with one of these. So we don't have any standard screening test, right? So when you have a disease where there's no screening available, the only thing that we do have available is making sure that we have a good treatment for it when it happens. As Mr. Uche said, he's lost two friends to bury aneurysms in the last two years or so, right? And you find that very sad. Both patients did have access to surgery, which was conventional surgery, opening up their brain. 
uh, to go clip those aneurysms. But you have to understand that a patient who's had a major insult in the brain already is in a very bad state already, right? That patient going to surgery has a very high risk of something that happening after, after surgery. So we do have to make sure that we're using the least invasive techniques possible uh, to treat these patients. Yeah, thank you so much. I think that's really critical. And with the large amount of people with hypertension, people are going to be wondering, is there anything they can do to prevent it from happening? I mean, we all know that high blood pressure is actually one of the most endemic diseases in Nigeria. And a, a lot of people actually are not, uh, are not, um, do not adhere to their medication regimen or lifestyle regimen uh, prescribed by physicians. And as I tell my patients, I mean, not taking your blood pressure medications or not monitoring your blood pressure regularly is probably the, the fastest way you could kill yourself, right? So you cannot screen for barrier aneurysms, but what you can screen for are diseases like high blood pressure. Uh, where you could monitor it appropriately and take your medications appropriately to make sure uh, that you're within range. Um, typically, we advise that the blood pressure, uh, when your blood pressure medications, your blood pressure should be less than about 140 over 90. And even, even if you could get it better, it should be better. So the basic thing is, you know, adhere to your medications and listen to your physician. Thank you. And, and when you are speaking about that, uh, there is a, another complication, common complication of high blood pressure, which is stroke. And I, I, I think I, when I was speaking to you in the break, you were saying there are some techniques you can do to improve stroke. Because a lot of times when people have a stroke, the outcome is usually quite poor. Can you tell us how this interventional uh, procedures you can do can improve stroke as well? Yeah, absolutely. So we have two types of stroke. So we have hemorrhagic stroke, which is what we're talking about, like barrier aneurysms or any types of bleeding in the brain. And we also have something called ischemic stroke. Ischemic stroke, meaning one of the vessels in the brain is basically blocked and blood cannot get to the brain normally, which is why we say someone's had a stroke, they can't move their hand or they can't speak normally, they have slurred speech. So all over the world now, uh, we, we now have advanced techniques uh, to treat patients with stroke, meaning you go to a hospital with stroke, they don't just look at you. They basically go in with a small catheter in your groin again or your wrist, go find the blood vessel with the clotted blood vessel within the brain. And they could actually remove that. And that is basically night and day. You've turned a person who is basically going to become a vegetable or become completely dependent on their family members to a person who could walk out of the hospital two to three days later. We do not have the, that technique available in Nigeria today. If the new president of Nigeria gets a stroke today, it will be basically more rebound because we don't have that technique available in Nigeria today, right? So it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much access you have to the international world, when it comes to the brain, time is brain. If you do not have that technique readily available to you in a country with 200 million people, we definitely need that technique readily available. If you don't have it readily available, you're going to do as poor as the next poor man on the street because there's no difference. The brain does not differentiate who you are. It's going to die. Mm. Now, that's actually something I, I must say. I want to say congratulations to our new president. We are hoping that health will be a focus. We need a lot of focus on healthcare, and particularly for the Healthcare Federation and the private sector. You know, we're, we're, we're looking forward to very positive policies that will enable us to, to grow and to enable us to obviously work with our colleagues in the diaspora, like people like yourself, encouraging them to come back home and bring these techniques home, home to us. Now, with the case of Mr. Uche, is there anything specific or special 
how was it that he was able to make it and live? And his, you know, you've talked about the the, the other issues, but how was it that he was so fortunate and and got you? And how can others make themselves fortunate and have access to you? So, you know, you're correct. It was very fortunate. And it's all about, in Nigeria, time, place, and chance, right? So he got admitted to a hospital that had access to my services. And they knew what, we, what was possible. And they consulted us and said, we have a patient with a aneurysm. Uh, it's not doing too good. We really don't want to take him to surgery because he, he might have a poor outcome from surgery. What could you do? And I said, well, I, have, I don't do neurointerventions, um, but I have a colleague who's willing to come from London in a very short period of time to get this done. And, you know, Mr. Uche's family, I mean, I could say they love him very much because they were very motivated into getting this done uh, very quickly. I mean, I remember there were like seven people in the family hovering around the hospital at all times, you know, talking to me and calling. And we were able to get my colleague in very fast, Dr. Kunle Ogunbimi in London. And, you know, we got the cerebrianism done um, against all odds. We had a high five. As I said, we thought we were going to continue this momentum. And then COVID came. But what have we done recently? What we've done recently is we, we actually expanded our team. Now we have two interventional radi- neurointerventional radiologists on our team. One in Dubai, who came in two weeks ago to do the case with me, and Dr. Kunle Ogunbemi in London, who's also coming in for the mission uh, that we have scheduled in June. And between these two guys and, and myself, we're going to try to cover as much time as possible in Nigeria, meaning a person has a barrier aneurysm, in five to seven days, we want to get somebody down here to treat them. And the patient also has a lot to do because with bury aneurysms, how you're going to do it depends on how you do in those first five to seven days. And you have to do that yourself, unfortunately. And God has to be a part of that also, meaning you have to survive enough for us to offer you treatment so that the bury aneurysm doesn't then bleed again. So that's also very important. So the care of these patients is not just about also treating the bury aneurysms. It also goes much further than that. We've also now collaborated with neurointensive care doctor, Dr. Benjamin Anya at, at Regions Hospital in Oweri, who's now put together a team for us so that when we have a patient with a berry aneurysm, we have neuro ICU experts helping us take care of this patient. So it's really teamwork. So we have the ICU team at First Cardiology Consultants. We have Regions Neuroscience helping us. And then we have the three of us interventional radiologists coming together to form this team called the Neurointervention Team for Nigeria right now. That is fantastic. And you have a, a special a mission on right now. You just have a couple of minutes left. Can you just sort of tell us how pe- people can contact and how people get to be a part of this? If they know somebody who has a berry aneurysm right now, what can they do? Yeah, absolutely. If you know someone who has a berry aneurysm, even patients who have basically no resources, we're committed to making sure that we improve skills in the country and also take care of these patients because we know this is between life and death. And you could contact us again at 0902-741-6551 or email at info at irdocnigeria.org. Again, we're still looking for support from a lot of our corporate uh, partners. We're still really rallying to get support because we can do this by ourselves, but there's definitely hope in the future. I hope by the end of next year, we should be able to do this independently in Nigeria, readily at 24-hour notice or less. Okay, that would be really fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing. And thank you, Mr. Uche, for sharing your experience with us. We do appreciate the work that you're doing, Dr. Nina Lawa. wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Dr. Pamela. Thanks for having me again. Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela.